message. You never know what it's going to do to someone's life. Uh, Jason and I on our what morning? Tuesday morning Bible study. Um, I was able to reconnect with an old friend from school, which is a couple years younger than me. Um, but just no, not knowing when we're doing Facebook Live, who we're reaching, and now we've made a connection, and the Lord is working in her life, and um, just her sending words of encouragement and things like that. You never know. So hit that share button. Couple of announcements. Hopefully you picked up a bulletin on your way in. If not, grab one on your way out. This Friday, we will be starting our 24 hours of prayer. And if you've not yet signed up for 24 hours of prayer, um, that'll start Friday evening at 6 p.m. and go all the way through Saturday evening at 6 p.m. And we just ask that you put your name or initial or an X mark um, beside of a, an hour-long time slot. The sheet is on the information desk out there. Uh, we're partnering with Church of God uh, and one Friday a month the first Friday of every month, knowing that someone is praying for 24 hours, uh, every hour of that day, and we're believing for mountains to be moved, for strongholds to, to be broken, and for souls to be saved. So if you've not yet signed up, please do so before you leave, even if you're a visitor. Again, I encourage you, if you're viewing online and you would like to say, I want to take an hour, just write down the hour, and we'll mark it off on our sheet out there, um, because this is an important thing. Prayer changes things. Prayer rooted and grounded in the finished work of Jesus Christ changes things. It changed my life, and it can change anyone's life. Children's church movie night. Parents should be excited. They should be, whoo, shouting happy. Saturday, February the 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, you can drop your children off here at the church from 4.30 to 8.30. So you get a good span of time to go have a date night, go out to eat, whatever you, I was going to say watch a movie, but I don't know if movie theaters are even open now. <laughs> I have no idea. But, um, just have some time uh, for you and your spouse. Uh, pizza and popcorn will be provided. You don't need to bring anything. Uh, just bring your child, drop them off, and come back and get them. That's the most important thing. Don't, don't leave them here. Come back and get them. Uh, go ahead and mark your calendars. Paris and Mary Beth Reagan uh, will be with us March the 6th and the 7th. Um, that will be for two services only, Saturday evening at 7 p.m. and Sunday morning at 10 1030 and we are excited about having them we know it's going to be a great time in the Lord uh, and the Lord's going to move in and through those services so please make it a point to be here with us and then my last announcement Lakeside Family Camp it's coming up and we are so excited about this we're going to be taking the whole church whoever wants to go um, to Brevard North Carolina to a place called Ridge Haven and uh we just ask that you put your name on the sign-up sheet. It's out on the desk. And uh, then a $30 non-refundable deposit is due Sunday, February the 28th. And if you have your deposit ready to go, you say, I want to go to camp, um, then you need to see Madeline Crabtree. Madeline, raise your hand over there. There's Madeline. And she will be taking all of your payments. Um, you can be set up on a monthly payment of $36 a month per person, or you can pay it all at once, whatever you want to do. But you can see Madeline concerning that. And we're just excited. I'm excited about the time that we can grow together um, as a church family. Our Yadkinville family is going to be coming, and we've opened it up to those that 
our viewers online, I guess we could call them our media uh, members, um, to them if they want to come over that Labor Day weekend. Uh, I'm believing the Lord for a great move uh, during our services. We will be having nightly services and then morning devotions and, uh, and then throughout the day all kinds of things for all different ages. There's kayaking, canoeing, uh, paintball, trails, you can ride your bike, you can hike, and there's rocking chairs. That's where you'll find me because I'll have a new little baby. <laughs> And hope <laughs> she'll have a new little baby. Um, but there's something for all ages. So I encourage you to come and be a part of family camp this year. We're excited about it. At this time, Terrence has a couple of announcements. All right. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand here tonight? Yeah. This morning, rather. Yeah. I'm always preaching Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Monday night, Sunday. So, you know, we, but we'll get it. Of this morning, but Melissa and I have been, it's good to have Brother Avon, ain't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, but um, Melissa and I have been here for some 15 months, a little over a year now, and we, we've uh, prayed about a name for the youth ministry, right? Um, and a while there I was preaching, uh, if you have just a mustard seed of faith, then God can meet any need, amen? But I knew that I couldn't name it Mustard Seed Youth Ministries <laughs> because uh, I don't know if they take us too serious with that. Um, but nevertheless, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I believe that we came up with the name. I know we did, rather. And we are going to be One Way Youth Ministry. Um, and uh, Jesus said... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And Paul repeatedly talked about being crucified with Christ. So there's one way to be saved, one way to be sanctified. That's through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. Amen? That's what we believe, that's what we preach, and that's what we teach. And so we have decided on the name One Way Youth Ministries, and that is what it is. Amen? And um, so we're excited for that and for all that the Lord has in store. Um, we have a fundraiser going on right now. Amen? You didn't think that I was going to get up here and not ask for money, did you? No, no, no. But we have a fundraiser. Is it Lineburger or Berger? There you go. Right there. If you, um, so, so the way it works is there's a $100 gift card. And for just $10, oh, it's a raffle. If you give us your name, the $10, you get a chance to win a $100 gift card. And if you don't win, then that, uh, the money that you give will go to the youth ministry uh, for T-shirts, things like that, and other things that we need um, just in the future. Amen. So either way, it's going to be a blessing to you. Uh, you're either blessing us or you're going to get... $100 gift card, amen. And then also, uh, Saturday, February 27th, the, the, I know the children, you get to drop them off here soon. You get to drop off the teenagers as well. Um, and we are going to be going to Mooresville to a place called The Pit, amen. I need to verify that because it sounds a little rough. But it's go-karts, <laughs> it's go-karts, all that stuff. Um, what do they got? Literally everything. Um, Go-karts, arcade type of situation. It's huge, and we're going to take care of them. They will need to uh, sign a waiver, things like that. But again, that's Saturday, February 27th, and I will get prices to you on that um, uh, within that time frame. And then last but not least, tomorrow is more of you Mondays at 6.30. 
p.m. Amen. And we look forward to seeing you there. I will not be preaching, but we have a special speaker tomorrow, so you just don't want to miss it. Amen. Lots of good stuff going on. Well, are you ready to worship the Lord? That's why I'm here. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that's already here, that's already moving, that's already tilling up the soul of our hearts, Lord. We ask that for this moment in time, Lord, that we lay aside every distraction, Lord, that you would come in power, Lord, that you would move, that you would have your way, that this day, Lord, souls would be saved, Lord. Oh, the bound would be set free, Lord. The sick would be healed, Lord. And we'll give you all the glory for it, Lord. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Shout it out from every rooftop scene. For now I know that God is for 
Can we praise him this morning? I hope that you remember the day that he changed your life. And if that day has ever become old to you, you need to remember just what happened that day. That there was a new name written down in glory. He changed everything about you. We have a reason to shout. We have a reason to worship. We have a reason to praise him. There are people all over this world looking for something to be excited about and the very thing that they need you have in you we should be happy we should be rejoicing we should be excited just when we think about the goodness of God I can't I, I, I've been thinking all morning about Ricky and Nicole about little Ben coming to the Lord what a rejoicing moment. And the souls that have come to know Him in the recent few weeks, what a reason to rejoice. This is why we're here. God, You're worthy to be praised and honored. Lord, and I ask that You would forgive us for ever coming in Your presence flippantly, forever coming into your presence with a greedy heart and just wanting something. And Lord, I pray that today we surrender all to you, that we lay it all down at your feet. Lord, because it none of us matter, but Lord, we come to lift you up today. I pray that souls that are seeking, would be they would find you today as their Savior. 
Lord, those that are sick in body, they would be healed. Lord, those that are tormented in their mind, they would find the mind of Christ. That you would renew them, renew the spirit of their mind today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint our ear to hear your word and our heart to receive from you. Let us leave this place changed. Lord, let us leave ready to share the good news, to share the gospel, to share what you have done, not only for us, but for all. Lord, I pray that you have blessed the tithe and the offering we're going to receive. Let us continue to be good stewards of what you've blessed us with. Lord, we thank you, and we expect great things today. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to receive. If you have tithe and offering you want to bring, drop it off. Uh, you can do so now. And Children's Church, wait. Wait. since 4 o'clock this morning, ready. Uh, yeah, Children's Church, you guys can go. Look at all these kids. <laughs> and I know there's still a lot of kids that are, are I don't want to say missing, just hasn't, haven't returned yet, uh, but they will. Um, I was kind of just not laughing at myself, uh, or with myself rather, I guess that's okay to do, but uh, thinking about Hope up here leading pregnant, and then uh, Stacy was leading, and she was pregnant, and I thought, Lord Jesus, uh, I don't want to lead worship because a miracle would happen, and uh, uh, something would change, but it seems like every female that's been on this platform has ended up with child, so uh, Jason and Tammy, <laughs> uh, we don't want to be the only old folks with a, with a baby, so uh, y'all can adopt one. But uh, anyway, uh, turning your word this morning to Luke chapter 15, um, I, I had mentioned several weeks ago, I'd never done this before, 
Uh, I preach the Word, it is the Word, but I've never preached a series uh, based upon a thought or a, uh, something the Lord has placed in my heart. And I've been preaching on uh, distracted, being distracted. And this morning, uh, I want to uh, minister using for a subject the distracted sons and the focused father. Um, a lot has gone on over the last year and a half. A lot has gone on, and uh, a lot of people are distracted. Their, their minds are all over the place. A lot of people in church are distracted. Their minds are all over the place. But I don't want your, you being familiar with this passage of Scripture to allow you to tune out this morning. Because I believe that the Lord has, uh, well, I know that He is using this time and, and allowing people to really see who He is and how faithful and great He is. Even in the midst of craziness and, and things that we don't agree with, it does not matter because he's, He don't change. He's not going to change. But Luke 15, 11 through 32, a lengthy portion of Scripture, but I want to read it in context. And it's talking about the prodigal son. Verse 11 said, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And I know I tell you often if you underline or, or write down notes or whatever, that word his, uh, lowercase h. But, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you and, no more and, and, and am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And he had compassion and ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no more worthy to be called your son. The father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and he came and he drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Your brother is come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. He was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and he entreated him and he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve you, neither transgressed I at... at, at any time your commandment, and yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this your son was come, which has devoured your living with harlots, you have killed for the fatted calf. You have called for the fatted, or killed for the, him for the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. It was meet that we should be merry, 
and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. I, um, I, I, I don't find it funny. It's just how the Lord works. Tuesday in prayer, uh, the Lord had laid on Tammy's heart just praying for the prodigals and believing that those who may have wandered away or, or, or whatever, uh, they'll find their way back. And in this passage of Scripture, we, we've all heard it, we've all read it. Uh, you, I could preach about it. You've heard it preached about or preached on. But we need to learn some things, and we should learn that self will get you in trouble and that the system will only feed you pig food and jealousy will blind you. But the Father will meet you to welcome you back home. And as well, he will remind you that you have access. Amen. Lord, I come to you again in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding this morning. Lord, that our ear would be attentive to your word. That our heart would be receptive. That we leave again this place changed. And Lord, let us not be distracted by things. But let us be focused on what you have for us. Give you glory in Jesus' name, amen. Again, we've heard this, we've heard this preached about, we've heard it ministered on, we've heard songs about it, we've heard stories about it, and a lot of people focus on just the son that left. Or some people will focus on the mercy and the grace of the father that he showed toward his son that left. And some will focus on the brother that was mad and jealous. But I want us to focus on the Lord and let him speak to us the way that he desires. So the son that left, many people would say, I cannot believe that he would leave the father's house, he would leave the father's provision, he would leave all that he had to go waste it and to end up feeding pigs and eating pig food. How stupid could that be? But yet we'll find ourselves denying ourselves access to the father that he's given us and squandering away what he's blessed us with because we are di di distracted with self. Because we want what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. That's just how it works. It's no secret that when it rains, a lot of people stay away, and that's fine. They can watch on live stream. Or when something comes their way, or whatever it may be. But when they need something from the Lord, they're going to find themselves in the Father's house. And the Father's house is not necessarily these four walls. It's anywhere you want to make it. But God the Father is gracious, and He's merciful, and He's gentle. He does not make us do anything. He didn't make you get up this morning and come. He didn't make me stand up here and preach. He didn't make us sing songs. But He indeed blesses us. But do we take that blessing and run with it? Or do we stay in the Father's house and benefit from all that He has? I remember a few years ago during the prayer meeting on a Friday morning and uh, Wayne had mentioned... Uh, and I don't know what the context was, but I just remember this phrase, or I heard him asking, the, praying uh, for all the benefits of the cross. And that should be our prayer, it should be our desire, it should be our heart to, to have all the benefits of Calvary, to have all the benefits of the Father, because He desires to give them and bless, those, uh, bless us with those. But He had two sons. I've got two sons and two, well, soon to be three daughters. But he had two sons. The younger said, give the portions of good that falls to me. Let me have what's mine. Give me what's mine because I am, uh, in essence, I want to do my own thing. Bless me with what you have set aside or what you feel is good to bless me with. 
and, and, and give it to me so the Father did it. Not many, the, the following verse in verse 13 says, not many days after he had gathered all together. So this, this younger son had a little bit of time to think about what he was doing. He didn't just take the stuff and run. He, he thought about it and he, and, he, and he made this plan. And I want to tell you something. When you are driven by self, you will ignore all the things that are around you just to fulfill your desire. So he gathered together all that was his. He took his, his journey. He took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Well, I thought it was the Father's. The Father gave it to him. It was his. He took it out of the Father's hands. He took it as his, and he took what the Lord blessed him. The Lord blesses you with gifts. He blessed, he blessed many musicians and, and singers with gifts and talents, and, and it's a gift that he gives, but it's their gift, and how they use it is up to them. So he took what was his, and he took his journey. He didn't care about what the Father wanted for him. He didn't care about the will or desire of the Father. He just wanted to go his way. So he took what he gave him, and he went on his journey, not the direction or the way that the Father desired. A lot of us church folk, we talk about, I ain't no way I would do that, but a lot of us church folks will take what the Lord blesses us with, and we'll run with it, and we'll go our own way, and do our own thing. And if you're not in his will, you will find yourself in a far land wasting your substance with riotous living. You might not be out there drinking and smoking and shooting dope and all those things, but I want to tell you something. If you're not living for the Lord, you're not living for the Lord, no matter what you're doing. So he wanted his father's goods without the father. He was selfish and he was living for himself. He left the source, the father. Do you know where all things come from? God the father. In Him we live and move and have our being. He left the source. He left the well. He left the fountain of living water to take a bucket of water. And he thought he was going to be satisfied. This is what a lot of church folks do. We, we take a, the Lord fills our bucket. And we take it and run. And we think we're good. I want to tell you, we got enough buckets. I preached this a long time ago. You don't need to be a bucket. You need to be a channel that He flows through. He don't desire just to fill your bucket. He desires to flow through you. So this son left the well and took the bucket of water and thought, man, I'm going to live it up. I'm going to get what's mine. I've got it made. This is going to be great. But guess what? He squandered it. He, he wasted it. He left the house. He left the house. The house didn't move. The Lord never left you. The Lord's never left anybody. The Lord has never forsaken anybody. We leave and we want to blame God. I can't believe he let this happen to me. Well, maybe you chose to let that happen to you. I said this last week. I'm going to repeat it again because it's worth saying. A, a good run of bad luck is, uh, is most of the time caused by a good run of bad decisions. This is the same thing that happened right here. He left the source. He left the well. He took the bucket of water. He spent it all. And verse 14 says, There arose a mighty famine. I want to tell you something. When you are not in the Father's will, I'm not, we're not talking about we, the God the Father. When you're not in the Father's will, a famine's going to come your way. You're going to find yourself starving. You're going to find yourself desiring uh, something that you can't obtain without Him. A famine arose uh, in, in the land, and He began to be in want. When He was in the Father's house, He didn't want anything. Are y'all with me this morning? Lord, it's hot up here. 
I'm sorry. I try to be dignified, but I don't know how to spell dignified, so I most certainly can't be. <laughs> Melissa suggested that I keep my coat off while we're singing because I'm down there happy and I get all hyped up and then, then put it on before I come up here. Maybe I'll try that next week. Too late now. But the Father will bless us. He will keep us. He protects us. And in His will, in His house, there is no want. Go all the way back to the Passover. As long as you were in the house, as long as the blood was applied to the doorpost and you stayed in the house, the Father was going to take care of you. But when you walk outside of His house, when you walk outside of His will, you'll find yourself in want. This world wants something. They think they want money. They think they want free whatever. They think they want whatever it is they may, may desire. But the thing that they need is what you have, Jesus Christ. Sin will take you further than you want to go and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't hope your way out of misery. You can't buy your way out of misery. You can't work your way out of misery. Sin is one thing happens. The fruit of sin is death. Jesus said in John 10 and 10 that I have come to give you life and give it more abundantly. But, but what? The thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. He will steal your joy. He will kill your, your everything that's around you because he don't care about you. As long as he can get you out of the Father's house. Self is going to get you in trouble. I know all about it. Self will get... Listen, maybe, maybe you're good, but self, me, I get myself in a lot of trouble. Verse 15 says, and he joined himself. He already found himself in want because he was outside of the Father's house. And he thought, my Lord, I know what I'm going to do. I know how I'm going to get out of this problem. I know how I'm going to get out of this mess. I'm going to go join myself, meaning uh, basically forcing himself on an employer to hire him because I'm going to provide for me. I'm going to make for me and satisfy me from what used to never even be there because it was never a desire or a want was not there because I was in the Father's house. So I'm going to make myself or, or enjoy myself to a, a citizen of that country and he sent him to feed the pigs. I know it says swine, but I, well, I say pigs. I've never, we don't have a swine over it. We have a pet pig, not a pet swine. He left the father's house and he became a part of the system. Just hold on, I'm going somewhere. The system will, uh, will hire you, the system will work you, and the system will kill you because the system will only feed you pig food. Listen, I'm not talking about working wherever you may work and it may be good. I'm talking about the things of this world. We're talking spiritually, okay? I'm not talking material things. If you have a great job, that's fantastic. But you still work for the system. When do you get off? Whenever they tell me I can. When do you take lunch? When they tell me I can. Can I have vacation? I don't know if I can put it on the calendar time. It's part of whatever the system says is what I can do. So he joined himself to the system and he became controlled by the system trying to provide for him what the father desired to give him and bless him with, but he left it. He walked away from it. The system, the ways of the world will ultimately leave you in that pig pen eating food. You'll become so miserable that you'll take whatever the system will give you. As long as you don't have to do anything for it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying, not to, I'm trying to be good. 
But we've got a system right now that has created a lazy world. But because the church has become lazy. We don't want to do anything. We want to build a field of dreams and expect everybody to come. We don't want to go share the gospel. We just want to preach it from a microphone or a megaphone or, 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 or go over live stream. We don't want to go outside the walls because they've got to come to me. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men nigh unto me. Yes, he will, but are your feet mobile? Are they seeing Christ in you when you're outside of these four walls? Are they seeing Christ in you when you're not on Facebook? Are they seeing Christ in you even when you're at Walmart and somebody's in the express lane and got 17 buggies full of junk? I'm like, man, I got a, four sticks of salty butter. If I could just please get in front of you. The system will kill you. The system don't care about you. The system desires to control you. This is the system that we see called government working right now because we want to give everybody everything and them do nothing for it. This is the system. And what they want is, is just to be fed. They don't care what. We got a pig over there. That joker will eat anything we put in there. We put horses in there, and we put goats in there. He ain't never ate a straw of hay, a, a stick of hay. But when we put them in there and he's seen them eating hay, he eats hay. If I take him a Big Mac, he's going to eat a Big Mac. If I take him bacon bits, he's going to eat bacon bits, which is kind of weird because that's him. But he's going to eat whatever I give him. This is what happens to people that are caught up in the system, the ways of the world. I'll take what you can give me. As long as I ain't got to do nothing for it. He turned to the system. He went from to the hopeless to find help. What? Let, let me go to somebody that has no clue. They don't have any idea of what's going on in the world. They don't have any idea spiritually what the Father's will is and ask them what they think. Sure, they're going to give you great advice. I told you when I was working before I got married, I had a, a gentleman trying to... Listen, man, you need to take my advice. I've been married three times. I'm like, I ain't taking your advice. <laughs> so, so he went to the hopeless to find help. He went to the system. So what did he get? The system's reward. Ultimately, it was pig food. You work for me, you feed the pigs, and you're going to find yourself in there eating their food. He had went from the father's house to feeding the pigs, and now, in verse 16, he's eating their food. What a transition in life. How fast sin will take you downhill. How fast it will destroy your life. I can, you can come up here and shout holes in your heels. But if you aren't submitting to the Father's will, you're making a bunch of noise, and you're going back out and trying to replicate the system. He went again from the Father's house to eating the food, the system, and the ways of the world. Again, it will do nothing for you. Verse 17, something happened. He came to himself. I'm tired of talking to the pigs. <laughs> I've been feeding them. Hey, pig, what do you think about this? I left my father's house. I squandered all the goods away. I want to know what I need to do. Well, I think you should just go get me some more food and feed me some more. He came to himself. There's a place and a time in your life that you will come to this moment, and I call it that, that Paul, that wretched man that I am moment, that you'll realize I'm sick and tired of being in the pig pen. I'm sick and tired of being controlled and manipulated by the system. Lord, what will you have me to do? Because I'm not going to go ask the addict where to find help. I'm going to go to the Father and say, Lord, I need help. I can't do it. I know you can. 
So he stopped talking. He stopped asking the pigs for advice. He stopped looking to the system. He came to himself. There's a lot of people that sit in church week in and week out and never come to themselves. Because all they know is I'm in the Father's house and I'm going to get me a pot of water so I can go out through the week and live like I want to and squander it away and I'll come back in the Father's house, I'll bring the system with me and I'll, I'll give and I'll earn and I'll, I'll make a way for it to happen again. Guess what? Much of the church has brought the system into the Father's house. We tell them to go see a psychologist. We, we tell them to, to, to go to this program, to go to that program, to do this, to do that, to pray more, to fast more, to, to, to shout louder, to pray harder, to sing a song, to, to join yourself to a soup line kitchen and, and do something good for somebody. And I want to tell you something. The system never worked. Man's way will never work. Man's way is not God's way. So why are we trying to bring the system back into the Father's house? You're going to see where he did. Just hold on. For some folks, you, if you could turn on their live stream and mute it, you couldn't tell if it's a worship service or a concert. You ain't got no idea. Why? Because we brought the system into the house. Well, no, we, we need to be relevant. We need to look like that. I'm going to tell you something right now. The Bible tells me the exact opposite. It says to be ye separate and come out from among them. I'm not talking about, you ain't got to walk around with your, with your collar buttoned up so your head's blue and all that stuff. Just, whatever. I'm just saying your salvation will tell on you. So, so what do we mean? I want you to turn with me quickly in 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 24. Clear instruction to the church. And I, and I, was, I was telling Summer in the office a while ago, I said this is basic principles of Christianity, of a life in Christ. And this was Paul, and he was writing, and he said, uh, beginning with verse 14, he said, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them who were unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Here you go, verse 16, rejoice evermore. I don't feel like rejoicing. I don't like Biden. Rejoice evermore. The Father's coming. Rejoice evermore. 17, pray without ceasing. Well, I ain't going to pray unless I need something. I'm going to tell you something. You need something all the time because without him, you can do nothing. John 15, 5, Jesus said, without me, uh, you can do nothing. Pray without ceasing. It, it will be a miracle, and I'm not throwing rocks at you guys. I'm just saying it will be a miracle if we pray for 24 hours. And we ain't praying for 24 hours. Say, hey, look, we're praying for 24 hours. I want to pray. The, the greatest weapon you have as a believer is praying. I'm about to get myself in trouble, but it's okay. I've done it before. You want to see the strength of a church? Go to a prayer meeting. Go to a prayer meeting. If we have a, a meal out back, we're going to have all kinds of people come because they're going to eat. It's called prayer meeting. I can't come pray. I ain't saying you've got to be here to pray. You can join yourself to pray at the house. It's fine. But I'm saying we have a, a benefit and a privilege to go to the Father. Because guess what? I'm still in the Father's house and I still have access. Yeah, don't, don't tune me out yet. I, don't, I probably made you mad, but it's okay. Pray without ceasing, verse 18, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Sometimes he, des not sometimes he desires to continually work in our lives, but we're so stubborn, 
We won't let them. Okay, man, they sung that song one too many times. If you would have stopped it the second time on the course, I was about to shout. It ain't, it ain't about that, but quench not the spirit. Listen, I've come to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. i got junk going on in my life just like you do. But when we bring our junk in before the Lord and we make it a priority and a value that we desire Him notice more than us notice He's here, something's wrong. He already knows anyway. Twenty, Verse 20, despise not prophesying. Now, now that's a touchy subject because we've seen a lot of false prophesying lately. Prove all things. How? With the word of God. Hold fast to that which is good. Verse 22, here you go. Abstain from all appearance of evil. I don't look like you, and it's okay. I mean, sure, people think I'm nuts because I got a shaved head and a beard. I, I don't mind shaving my head, but I hate shaving my face. It's kind of weird. I just don't. That's why. I don't want to pay for a haircut. Summer thought I lost my mind back in March. My hair was like, almost like Sawyer's was. I was like, man, give me a cul-de-sac, Sawyer. So he did, and I just ain't went back. That has nothing to do with any of this. But y'all know me. I'll bring it back. Hold on. Abstain from all appearance of evil. If they can watch you and not hear you, but not tell a difference, if this is of the Lord or not, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. Who will sanctify, who cleanses you, who sets you apart. It's Christ uh, the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that works in your life. These are principles that we apply to our life. These are things that happen, but this is not part of the system. Listen, they may watch this and they may yank my, my, my frost scraper off my windshield, my license. It's okay. We got committees right now trying to figure out how to make the system better. In church. And ironically, I'm on one of them. And I don't care about the system. Maybe that's why I'm there. I don't know. But we bring the system into the house of the Father, and it ain't never worked. Can I tell you that people are starving to death for the Word of God? People are desiring and they're desperate to hear the Word of God, and yet we're not feeding them the Word of God. We're just bringing them in and entertaining them. He came to Himself. There is a difference in the Father's house and the pig pen. A big difference. A huge difference. There is a difference in our house and the pig pen. Sometimes. <laughs> Depends on how many kids have been over there. But verse 17 says, The servants have bread and I'm starving. He realized this is not working. This is not good at all. In other words, I'm an idiot. 
Maybe you don't call yourself that. I'm not calling you that. I call myself that often. They're, they're, they have more than enough. I'm out here eating pig food and asking the people, the pig, the world for advice. He knew, oh, I know, I'll repent. I'll make things right. I don't even have to be called his son. I, 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 can, I can just go back and be a hired servant. I'll take the system back to my father's house if he'll let me. We think we got to work for God's mercy and His grace. We think that if I shout louder, He'll bless me more. We think that if I sing the high note, then somebody else is going to shout. I'm going to bring the system back into His church. Lord, I don't... Just, just let me be a hired servant. Let me work for Your blessing. Let me... Father, I know that You gave me first. I took it selfishly and greedily. I took it, but now I've come to myself, but I ain't really come to myself because I'm bringing what I was working for into your house. The only thing that changed is the reward. I want to be your hired servant. We think that, well, I know I'm going I'm I'm to work like the devil for Jesus. Listen, I know faith without works is dead, but it's why you're doing what you're doing. I preached a while back, it's not what, it's why. We do a lot of stuff, but it ain't we ain't doing stuff just because we're doing stuff because of what we have. So the faith without works is dead, so he, I'm going to make my way back to the Father's house. I will arise. He had to get up. You've got to get up. You can think all you want, you can desire all you want, but you have to make a step. You've got to make an effort. Listen, I, I, I know Wayne does it. I, I do it, or whoever may be ministering. We open up the altars not to say, hey, look, come, come so everybody can see you. There's something when you take a step of faith and believe the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell you, if you've never been up here or behind a pulpit anywhere ministering, you won't know what I'm talking about, but you see folks like this. Could you, could you just close the service? Because they, they want to hold on to everything they got. But still, they want what the Lord desires for them. There's something about when you trust Him and you let go and you step out and you say, and it ain't say, hey, look at me. I'm a sinner. Look at me. I'm a sinner. No. It's, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of feeding the pigs. I'm tired of eating the pig food. I'm tired of being a part of the system. I'm tired of being in the field. I just want to be in your house. Knowing that they had more than enough, he went back to, to try to bribe, bribe or pry his way in. Because why? Guilt. We all got it. We, we done messed up. We know that. And church folks good at telling you how you messed up. Ain't Listen, don't, please, for the love of Jesus, don't ever tell somebody you're an idiot. If you ain't seen them in three months and they come walking in, into the house or the house of worship, please, for, don't hand them a visitor card. Say, so glad to see you. Verse 20, we learn a, a, another principle in life. And I'm going to tell you something, without coming to the understanding of what Christ has done for you at Calvary's cross, 
you will never place yourself in this father's position. And you're, you're not the father anyway. I'm just talking about now, we're talking about the, the physical. Said, and he arose and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off. Something that is very striking to me, and, and uh, I, uh, I don't know, it was a few years ago, a couple years ago, whatever, Keith Babin, a friend of mine, was preaching, uh, talking about the prodigal son. And he mentioned this, and I'm going to share it with you because I want you to know. He saw him, and he was, a, he was a great way off. His father saw him, and he had compassion, and he ran, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him. And this may seem, well, all right, I would too. But in those days, in that time, when a man would leave his community, when he would leave his house, and he would live with the Gentiles, when he would waste and squander away his wealth, and, and if, he, if he happened to come back, if he happened to come back to the community, the house, because they were close to it, if he would happen to come back, what would happen is he would have to wait at the city gate. And while he waited at the city gate, a bunch of men would meet him at the city gate. And this is going to represent, because I ain't about to buzz something up in here. And they would wait with him, and this was called a, a kazaza ceremony. If I did say that right or not, didn't. That's what it's going to be called today. But they would take a jar, and while the, the, the prodigal, in essence, was coming home, they would take a jar, he would be outside the gate, and they would break this jar. And what this represented is that you have broken ties with your family, with your community, and your faith, and you're not welcome here because you're a, basically a reject, an outsider. Here's the thing. During this ceremony, the father was not allowed to go to the gate. He was not allowed to defend his son. He was not allowed to make a plea for his son's case. Now, the mother could. But the father, who had everything he ever needed at the house, he sat and he didn't sit and wait to see what happened. He said, I'm breaking custom. I'm not going to wait on them to go out and accuse my son. He already knows what he's doing. Right, He already knows that he wants to be back in the Father's house. I'm breaking custom and I'm going to run. Run why? I'm going to get ahead of these people that want to accuse them. I'm going to go in front of the religious folks that always just want to run their mouth and beat people down. I'm going to go and offer him compassion and forgiveness and I'm not going to accuse him. I'm going to welcome him with open arms and kiss his neck and say, Son, welcome home. We, we got the system. You know, we got church custom. We sing our song. We stand up. And Summer gets up here or wherever it may be. And they make their announcements. And people don't know what they're saying because they don't pay attention to announcements. And they'll ask you what you announce the next week. And then the next week and the next week. And then you'll do it. And then they say, why didn't you tell me? Because they don't pay attention. So the system don't work. The father didn't care about the customs anymore. He didn't care about the ceremony anymore. He knew my son left the house. 
I want to tell you something right now. Your father, God the Father, didn't care where you were. He met you and loved you yet while you were a sinner. This is Colossians 2, 13 through 15. And you being dead in sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together? Has he made you alive together with him and forgiven you all trespasses? Oh, but it gets better. Verse 14, blotting out. I'm taking away the accusations that were against you. I'm taking away the names that they placed on you and I'm, I'm taking them away and nailing them to my cross. And it keeps going and full principalities and powers and make sure of them openly triumphing over them in it, meaning you can't do nothing about it. Amen. We have people that are so consumed with the system they would dare break custom. I'm taking a trailer tomorrow to be dropped off, to be lettered, to put graphics on it. And it's probably going to cost about $1,600. That's crazy. I can't believe you're doing that. I, for the love of Pete, you know how many people we could feed? Yes, I do. That's why we're doing it. I don't care about custom. I don't care about the system. What I know is people are hurting and they're hungry, and they need Jesus. And I don't care if you sit here, and somebody else can come up here and feed you a gold nugget. I'm running. The father was looking for him. Are you looking for the prodigals? You know, because we just build it, they'll come. If we got great music, they'll come. If we, if we upgrade our sound system, they'll come. If we upgrade our, our live stream and have different shots and views where you don't see my shiny head or my, or my jacked up nose, they'll come. Because we're suckered into the system. But are we looking for them? What do you mean looking for them? Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go today, you'll come across somebody that needs hope. That needs Jesus. The father was looking and when again he was a, yet a, a great way off he saw him. He had compassion. He ran and he fell on him. He kissed his neck. How many of us would run and meet him? Even halfway. <laughs> well, if you come a little bit closer I'll meet you but I don't know. We won't even go halfway. Why? Because it breaks custom. We'll let them come to us. Mm -mm. I told you. I told you last week, and I, I ain't joking. I, I've, I've seriously contemplated about changing the name of the church to the remnant. Why? Because everything that nobody else wants, the world has chewed up and spit out, is me. But God saw me usable. He saw me just where I was at in my brokenness in my pity, in the pig pen, eating pig food. I wasn't even feeding the pigs. But I came to myself, and I was starving spiritually. And the Father didn't say, Jason, you did this, you did this, you did this. He just welcomed me with open arms, and He held me tight, and He changed my life. But he broke custom. He ran. The, the son just wanted to be a servant. He just wanted to be a hired hand. But the father said, uh-uh. Not going to happen. Bring him the best robe. What robe? 
you know, we, we lay down that spirit of heaviness and, and put on the garment of praise. Bring my son, not my servant. Bring my son the best robe. But don't stop right there. Put a ring back on his finger. Because in that time, you had a ring that had a family crest in it, and that family crest gave you authority and access. By having that ring on, his son was now a son, still yet an heir, and he could get things and do things and have access because he had the ring on his hand. Not only are you going to put a ring on his hand, but you're going to put shoes on his feet because he is not a hired hand. He is in the family. But see, we let people come in, we make them go through all these protocols, we set them down and we send them through training and, and what's it like to be a church member 101. I have, we don't have that. But, and if you want that, you're probably going to need to go somewhere else because I don't, we have all kinds of church members. But we create a system. What all the Father desires is for you to be in His house. Again, it's not just here. It's not just 640 Crescent View Drive. It's not just in Yakinville. It's wherever you are. He wants you to be in His house. He wants you to be in His will. He wants you to quit being satisfied with a bucket of water. I said this morning, quit. Do not let the rain stop you from standing under the fountain. Quit being satisfied with a bucket of water and just come stand in the river of living water. So how many of you are looking for them? How many of us are looking for the prodigals? How many of us are looking for them? Oh, well, you know, I ain't never left. I'm the, I'm the good son. I'm in the house, daddy. Because, you know, we know, and I'm just reiterating stuff, but I want you to understand this. Because we've got the good church folk that's here faithfully every Sunday, every Wednesday, every prayer meeting, every... Whatever we have, car wash, hot dog sale, or, or beanbag toss, I don't know. Whatever we got, I'm here. And thank God for that. We need you. But if we're not careful, we become like the other distracted son. Distracted at our doing good, our checking the boxes, and, and looking okay. All the while, we're angry and mad. Because the prodigal came back home. And you took the fatted calf. The fatted calf was reserved in those times for an important person, an important guest. I don't know, like the governor or whoever, maybe, I don't know who came. He didn't get the best of the best. And, and Dad, I've been in your house this whole time. I ain't never went against your way, your will. I've never done any of that. I've been here the entire time. You never even give me a goat, a kid, so that we could have a party. We, you never did anything so we could celebrate me being good, me being in the house, me never leaving. But his father said something to him. He said, son, verse 31, son, you are ever with me. And all that I have is yours. But you're so jealous that you're blind. You haven't enjoyed the, the fountain of living water because you've been so mad that he took a bucket. You know what? This is, this is, this is church 101. 
If, if somebody, I don't care who that somebody is. If Joe Biden and all his Secret Service people come through that door and he come fell at this altar, you all be shouting, running, and dancing. <coughs> but if it was Joe Schmo that you ain't never seen in your life, that come running through those doors and fell down and wanted to surrender his life to Christ, you should be doing the same thing. See, the church as a whole are full of a lot of the elder brothers. Representing, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, I've been faithful. When I, used to, when I started working, I wanted to not do pleasant things to people when I heard this. I've been doing this longer than you've been alive, son. I'd be like, ain't my fault you're old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was singing that song when you were in diapers. You ain't singing it right. My bad. Didn't know it was your song. I wasn't singing to you anyway. I was singing to Jesus. Well, you've been saved for three years, and now you're out, out there on the street ministering. What in the world is going on? I've been sitting in this seat for 17 years. Why? Because we got elder brothers that won't do nothing but cry and whine and complain. We've had this carpet for 32 years. Good, get rid of it. It's hard. We, I hate this carpet. It's not a secret. I hate it. It's going away one day. But the elder brother represents a lot of us. The distracted brothers. One was distracted by what he wanted. The other one was distracted about by himself. Because he was so jealous, he was blind. But the father remained focused the entire time. You've been in the house for how long? And what is your reason for not receiving? Because it's you. It's you who stops the benefits of the cross. It's you who frustrates the grace of God. It's you who would be, be more satisfied with a bucket rather than live in the wet, but then complain about those people that are standing under the fountain. But if they're in the Father's house and covered by the blood, they're your brother and sister. I don't care if they've been saved for a minute or a hundred years. And I'm going to tell you right now, again, the Lord don't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. The Father welcomed two prodigals home in the same day. He left one. He brought, welcomed home one that had went out and come in from the pig pen. But he welcomed one that was in the house, but he actually welcomed them home. Everything that I have is yours. I don't know why you hadn't been enjoying it. It's your fault. It's our fault. I mentioned, I'll bring these numbers out, and, and, and I want you to hear these. I mentioned these some time ago when I, when I preached about, on, on this subject a while back. But we, we talk about the prodigals, and this, this is what we're facing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, listen, kids, I'm not trying to get in your business, and I'm try, trying to, to, to ruin your, your uh, or pop your bubble. But every parent that's in here that has a kid that has access to a phone or, or, or whatever, you need to create a TikTok account. Now, everybody does not use it for filth. Hear me clear. My daughter, Sage, has one. She does not use it for filth. But I want you to understand what is vying 
this guy's attention. Because I was like, I was not ready for what I saw. I was like, dear Lord, this is the system? If you're a girl and you get half naked and, 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 and do something stupid, then all of a sudden you got a lot of friends. Or if you're a boy and you act like a moron and, and do something stupid and shotgun a beer, everybody's going to be your friends. This is the system. This is the pig pen. This is what we're, what, what, what's being fed to them. This is all it will ever have to offer. Now, you can, listen, I'm not, again, you can use it for, for great things and, and be inspirational and, and share the gospel. I got all of that. But I want to tell you, parents, something. Don't be deceived and naive of what's going on. And for young folks, I want to tell you something. Your social media will tell on you. Brother, don't come in here talking about praising the Lord when you're talking about being high the day before. You should be praising the Lord. But don't be... Listen, there's, there's a change in our lives. You're, you're, you're sending mixed messages. But, but I want to go somewhere with this. I wanna, I, we blame this generation. It's not this generation's fault. 65% of the builders, those born 1927 to 1965, if that's you... You feel free to raise your hand or whatever. I don't know. 1927, and, or not, 1945, I'm sorry. 1927. We got anybody here born in that era? We're young. Well, 65% of that era was proclaimed, professed to be Christians. The, the, the boomers, the baby boomers. 1946 to 1964. Anybody, anybody? We got any of those in here? Got a few? Don't be Shane Reaver. Sonny, what are you in Generation X? Sonny, come on. You're not a millennial, I can promise you that. But only 35% of this generation profess to be a Christian. That Generation X, which I'm a part of, 1965 to 1983, only 16% of my generation claimed to be Christian. The Generation Y, the Millennials, uh, 84 to, to, to 1994, only 4% claim to be believers. And this next generation, they have no idea because it's too young. But we have a world full of prodigals. But we also have a church full of prodigals. And we have very few focused fathers. I'm not, if you're a, a female, that's, you can still be a focused father. I'm talking about spiritually. What are we looking for? What are we looking at? How and why in the world has this gone on? What has happened? We become consumed by the system. It's the system. Five generations. We've nearly lost an entire generation in five. How? Because we've been consumed by the system. Because it's 12 o'clock right now and people's stomachs are growling. If you don't shut up real soon, I'm going to have to go. It's a system. My Bible tells me, your Bible tells you also in Psalm 145 and verse 5, one generation shall pra uh, praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Psalm 100 and verse 5 says, For the Lord, He is good, His mercy is everlasting, His truth endures to all generations. 
Luke 1 and 50 says, His mercy is on them who fear Him from generation to generation. You may be in the field, you may be watching, you may be in the field, you may find yourself in the pig pen and you want to come home. I tell you, come on home. Or you might be in the church, you might be like the elder brother, and I want to tell you something, get your eyes back on Christ and get your eyes off of stuff. Because if you're in the house, there's no reason you shouldn't reap every benefit. We have to make sure, and I say this all the time, that this house is not just a place to believe, but a place to belong. The prodigals are searching, but are we searching for them? Are we willing to break custom? Are we willing to stop all the accusations and stop all the junk? Are we willing to run out in front of the accusers? Matthew 28, and praise the team. You guys can make your way back if you want. We refer to this as the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. I don't know about you, but I don't care about the systems anymore. I don't blame people for being so disgusted with what we've labeled as church. I don't blame them. And I know Melissa had, had shared a post and somebody got offended. Maybe they were the sometimes in that post. Because we say all the time, the truth will. The Bible tells you the truth will make you free. It will offend you first. There is no reason ever when we come into a place of worship, be it here or in Yakinville, that we shouldn't be running. Running. Not because we're, we're, we are wretched and undone without Christ. Not because we're just horrible, blah, 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 blah but running to make sure, Lord, I want to be in the middle of your will. I want to be whatever you desire me to be. I want to do whatever you desire me to do. I said this last week. If the drawing and convicting power of the Holy Spirit is not enough to get you to move, there's nothing I can say. But as sure as I'm standing here, He's calling some elder brothers home. He's calling some prodigals home. Or maybe you're here and you are. Praise God, that focused father. He's still calling you to come. Don't lose sight. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've been looking for them. But you're afraid, you're scared to break custom because they may think I'm crazy. I want to tell you something. If you talk about Jesus, they think you're crazy anyway. I'll say it like this. My mama used to say all the time, and I ain't, I ain't quoting this lady. Not, I'm not talking about my mama. But my mom used to talk about, and I think it was Bonnie Ray sang a song, Let's Give Them Something to Talk About. And my mom would always say, Hey, I'm going to talk about Jesus. If they want to talk about me, I'll give them something to talk about. At least they're talking about Jesus. So I don't know where you find yourself today. 
If you're watching or will watch, I don't know if you find yourself feeding the pigs or eating the pigs' food. I don't know if you find yourself hoping that you can be a hired servant in the Father's house or trying to implement the system back into the Father's house. But I want to tell you something. He wants to find you at His feet. Regardless of where you're at. I don't know what they're singing, but as they do, I want you to stand and I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to minister in your life today. Because we've, we've become a house full of elders elder brothers for too long let's run and break custom today go ahead and see